Ladies and gentlemen, around the world, this is comedian TK Kirkland. You listen to the TK Kirkland podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the TK Kirkland podcast. Shout out to my people in Japan, Germany, London, to the streets of Compton, to the streets of Jersey City, New Jersey, and all over the world. Listen, you know, some things are worth waiting for. And I've done this show for four years. Shout out to my man Charlemagne the God and Angel E and DJ Envy. Um, the last few weeks I've been doing the history of comedy. Last week we had the great Michael Williams, the pioneer of the Black Comedy Club, and how they took off and how they are doing now. And I bring to you Mr. Angelo Sipes, owner, uh, one of the owners of Uptown Comedy in Huntsville, um, Atlanta, Georgia. And I just want to show you man love. We're going to talk about the game, where it's going, and how we can support one another. What's up, sir? All is well, brother. How you feeling, man? Appreciate you having me on here. Oh, yeah. We've been talking about it for a while, and I, just, I like to see things when the time is right, and bam, here we go. So now let me ask you a question. I've known you for a while. What made you, what made you want to get into the comedy business? Like, what made you want to own a club? Well, it's a funny story, TK. Um, you know, I used to be a police officer for, for years, and I ran the security uh, at the original Uptown Comedy Corner when it was in Buckhead. Whoa. Uh, I met, yeah, I ran into Earthquake. Uh, one night at Club 112. You remember Club 112, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I ran an earthquake at Club 112, man. He started asking some questions about, you know, some police questions, basically. Uh, and we got to talking, man. And he, he invited me to the club. I came down, and and after that conversation and coming down, he said, man, I want you to take over my security at the Uptown. You know what right. I mean? And that's when it literally had just opened. Wow. And um, yeah, so him and I stayed friends over the years throughout the uptown uh, life, and even after they, you know, the issue with the other owner, and they fell out and they sold it, but I always stayed cool with both of them at the time, right? Um, and I always told, uh, you know, you know, guy Gary, I always told Gary, hey man, if you ever interested in doing another club, hit me up. Right. Years later, man, he called me and said, hey, man, you still want to get in the comedy business? I said, yeah, that's how I started. That is what's uh, You never know how your success or how opportunities fall in your lap. Right. How about that's that? You, right. You never know. You know, it's called unforeseen occurrences in the Bible. And I'm not a real Bible guy. I got that from a right. day when I got locked up. And we was talking okay. to sell. And I was telling him my situation and how just sharp I am as a person. And I didn't see this coming, like the situation happened to me, I didn't see it coming. So he explained to me, sometimes you could be prepared for everything, but you really never see it coming. And this situation was called unforeseen occurrences because if it would have happened any other day, Angela, it would have never happened. But that day, I was a different person. I don't know something that I ate. Um, we getting off the plane. I don't know, but that day I was a different dude. Now, about that? you was talking about the trials and tribulations, African comedy clubs have mm-hmm. with comics, 
coming to the club and and, and I want the fans to listen and, and let me explain to you what, what I mean when I bring this up because it bothered me when I had this conversation with this brother. What We always talk about Black Lives Matter, uh, support black businesses, and do this type of thing. And a lot of these African-American medians wouldn't be where they are today if they didn't have a black comedy club. All jokes aside, um, the Comedy Act Theater, et cetera. So now right. we have this club, your club, in a black-on-black city, black-on-black owners, and you guys have rough times getting talent into the building. Now, we do know and, and success has enemies. So with your success, you do have people who throw shade on you guys but the comedians are now ages are not strong enough or powerful enough to just make their own decisions to give you guys an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Explain what the situation is with that. So basically, you know, um, with the black clubs, you know, unfortunately, TK, people uh, use that black stigma. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. you hear people say, you know, that's why I don't go to black restaurants. That's why I don't go to black this and black that. You know what I mean? They kind of put you in this bubble, um, you know, and it's unfortunate because they make black businesses have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Other businesses don't have to be perfect. We have to be perfect. We can't make any mistakes. You know what I mean? It's just it's so true. very unfortunate. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and we're in that, you know, so you be in that bubble where, you know, they want perfection out of you. And, you know, and it starts with, with the comedians, for example. Um, yeah. um, you have certain comedians when they get to a certain stature, let's yeah. say, when they feel like they can sell X amount of tickets, well, you know, they pull away from the clubs in general. They'll go to the Civic Center, they'll go to the Foxes, they'll you know what I mean, as mm-hmm. opposed to the comedy clubs. And if you get, you know, a one nighter, that's you know, that's fine. You can make your money on one night. You know what I mean? So you don't yes. that's not as big as the other guys. You know, what I mean the guys who still playing the clubs, right? Mm-hmm. So those people, um and those agencies, you know what I mean, they shy away from, from, from the black club because, you know, of that black stigma. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah. Whether it's the pay, whether it's the people, you know what I mean? And, and, and if you do, and if they do play the club, they want to give us different stipulations. For example, we've had black artists, artists where they want 100% of their money up front. You know wow. that doesn't happen in the club business. That's or they'll good. want, you know, you know what I mean? Or well, they want a fifty to seventy percent deposit up front, but the white club, if they do, if they make them pay a deposit, it's a ten percent deposit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a ten percent yeah. deposit. But but yeah. for us, it's a fifty or better deposit. You know what I mean? And it's and it's blatant. Okay. And when I say it's blatant, it's blatant. I mean, I, the point where I've seen other content. I've seen, you know, I, I dealt with his brother uh, in Carolina, Hell. Or a white guy named Hef, you know Hef yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Hef owns a bunch of clubs, and 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 he and and he was even telling me the differences. He was showing me his contract and how different they are from my contract. Yeah, <laughs> you know, man, and it was just amazing, man. But but even the club is right there in Atlanta. You know what I mean? The yeah. other club in Atlanta is owned by a white person. You know what I mean? There's been comedians, particularly with particular agencies, where he didn't have to pay the deposit, but they want me to pay fifty percent or better. On that same yeah. artist, you know, and it, yeah. it's just it's just it's just unfair. 
Yeah, it really is. Yeah, just like that. And that's like I'm always try in my world. I've always tried to teach comics to be their own man and understand your history as a black comic. See, I was there at the beginning. See, I remember they wouldn't let us in the improv, the funny bones, the helium clubs, et cetera. Right. And all you had was the black club. All you had was let me get on stage. Or you, you couldn't argue about who went on before you if that person was funny. You had to take your lumps. Right. And if you wasn't funny, you got you got dealt with that night. But the <laughs> goal was to make sure that you got better so you can handle the heat. That's just right. the way it was. And comics have to understand no matter how successful they get, you have to do a run through the black clubs. I'm not asking. I'm telling right. them because it's part of your heritage. If you're a true comic, if you really understand the history of comedy, it's your goal to play uptown comedy theater. You owe it to your people. I'm just really serious about that. Right. right. It's important. I mean, and, and that's just facts, man. I mean, you just think about, and you know, all the comedians that have come through uptown, you know what I mean, over the course yeah. of even when Earthquake was there. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it has a legendary name. You know, it, it, it put on the best of the best comedians. I mean, there's not a comedian out there in the game right now that had played uptown at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and um, and that's from the big dogs, even to the Chris Rocks, to, to yeah. you know, Dave Chappelle. All of them have been there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All of them have been there. So, so it's unfortunate when you when you see that, and when you see it, and when you see it with negativity. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one thing, you know, but when you see it with negativity, or you see it, or if the white club says. If you play them, I'm not gonna play you, and you choose them. You know what I mean? As opposed yeah, to saying, "Well, we're not gonna." It's crazy. That's How do you let them tell you that? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that used to bother me when I started, pretty much before all the comedians who blew up. Now I'm, you know, I'm doing my thing. I'm low key. I may not have yeah. a Kevin Hart shine, but I'm shining, right? Sure. So I've been sure. in situations with promoters where comedians who I have started in the game have told a promoter, I don't want TK on the show. Now, I've never confronted mm-hmm. the comics. I know who they are. Never said nothing. Always stay low-key because mm-hmm. the comics have always known, I don't want to go on after this brother. Like, I'm still good, but back in the day before people started fighting my style and before shots you know, <laughs> became every day, wasn't nobody mm-hmm. fucking with me. Nobody. Mm-hmm. So... It's amazing that comics can't be men, and I'd say men, to make their own decisions. Promoters who allow uh, a uh, promoters who allow agent to tell them how to run their show. It's like if I'm putting up seventy thousand and I want this comic, but I'm going to go get this comic. You should not be able to tell a promoter how to run his show. I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna give you that comic if you don't take this comedian. I don't like to do like that. I, I had to. I had to teach people like that, and that's one of the reasons that made me be independent and do my own thing. And that's what I want comics to understand. If you're not working, you have to learn the game of business. 
Because right. one of the worst things in the world is to sit around and wait for an agent to call you to tell you when you're <laughs> going to eat. Right. Oh, right. man, I, I've never been that kind of man. I'm I'm calling every day to an agent, see someone book something for me. Right. That's a horrible right. feeling. That's a horrible feeling, man. Yeah, it got to be, man. That's gotta a horrible be, feeling. Without a shadow of doubt. Right, and that's why to the comics who are listening, to the people who are listening, in this game, everybody has to be your friend. You can't have enemies that you fuck with and, and friends that you fuck with. Everybody got to be your friend in this business. Everybody, right. you know? Right. And it's a shame that these agents and these comics who know that it's 50% will allow this to happen. So I'm putting it out there in the universe that to the comics who are listening, put the word out, stop treating our people bad when you know they got a great reputation. It ain't like you guys just started. And TK and, and TK and have the and have the 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 decency, for lack of a better word, to at least have a conversation with that club before you make these decisions. You know what I'm saying? Because yes. you're going off of hearsay. Yes. You didn't even have you didn't even have the decency to reach out and say, Well, let me talk to them. Let me yes. see what's up. You know what I mean? Don't just yes. but you're listening to what other people say. You listen yes. to what the other club owners say without yes. even having a conversation. Right. You know what I mean, there's a brother about to play Atlanta right now at another club that hasn't played a club in Atlanta and I can't tell you how many years. He's going to a club where I heard from his own mouth years ago say I'd never play uptown at the time as long as that guy's involved. Well, that guy's not involved anymore. But guess where you're going to play at? To that same, to that guy's club. You're there. When you said you never would come to uptown as long as he's there, he goes to another club and you're going to play that club without you having a conversation with us. Yes, it yes. blew me away, man. When I tell you, when I tell you, just when I saw that, man, I was like, wow, wow. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, wow. and and and, and um, my thing with comics and club owners is that I always try to explain to them to um, just let people eat, man. Yeah. See. I, my, my, my high school teacher and grammar school teacher taught me something very well. Keep your eyes on your own paper. Absolutely. And I keep my eyes on my own paper. I try to, I try to put this out in the universe. Don't worry about what this person's doing. Don't worry about that person doing. Get your money and allow people to eat because it's so important for your club. And I, I'm doing this for your club to because I, I, it bothered me because I understand the history of black comedy and comedians need to know. They, they, every year, they should be, I'm going to do uptown comedy. Right. That should be on yeah. the list. Regardless right. of what I'm doing, I got to give back to our people. I need them to, I want them to come see me. And right. you guys will be lucrative because what comics are not understanding, not one of us, own improv. All funny, but right. right. we have made the Caucasian owners and managers successful. Correct. 
good parent. Until black comics blew up, they wasn't seeing this kind of money. That's right. In the early '80s, when there was none, it wasn't as many black comedians. Them, them clubs, them clubs wasn't making that kind of money. It wasn't they didn't have lines around the corner. That's right. That's right. And comics need to understand that this, to the young comics who came up in this game now, who were just blowing up in the last seven, eight years, you have no idea how it was and how yeah. comics like Earthquake, D.L. Hughley, um, Mike Epps, et cetera, paved the way. The, the, um, um, uh, not the Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, you know, Eddie Murphy came up in the, in the white club right. and blew up. You know, right. he, you know, and that's the thing about comics. When they blow up, they always want to say, I want to give bad love to Eddie Murphy. Well, Eddie Murphy wasn't in the motherfucking club when he was busting your ass <laughs> and asking for advice. People get the shit fucked up. I'm not against them. I'm just saying, why would you shout out the Eddie Murphy's motherfucker when Eddie ain't never put you like, yo, go on stage or give you any advice? Right. You think that's what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to say little peewee that was holding the light. Or little Jeff, <laughs> little, I'm gonna shout out little Jeff for helping me write right. my material. You know, this, that's the that's where I'm at in this game, in this business. Take care of your damn people because I'm tired of it, and I'm tired of how we are mistreated and how our um, people who have done well. So you guys have done well by me, and I've done well by you. And I will fight for you guys to the end. And that's how much I love the comedy um, uptown. And I need comics to understand they have to love it, too. Because if y'all go down, it's a wrap. So they mentioned PK. You know what I mean? And you know, and you know what's, what's critical about that? Because you, and I've told you this all the time, man, you are one of the few true brothers who, number one, you're a man of your word. You know what I mean, whatever you know, and we and, and you and you stick to your code, which I got, you know, can't do it over respect. Yeah. And you know what I mean, but when you say you're gonna do something, that's what you're gonna do. You're gonna perform. You're gonna, you know what I mean. And it's yeah. and it's uh, and and even when you played the other clubs in Atlanta, I mean, you've always you know let made it known. You know what I mean. So it's never yeah. been a secret. But you right. know, and and you're not gonna tell somebody what you can and can't do. You know what I mean? And I yeah. told you that. D.C. Curry's another one who's just mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not going to allow somebody to tell him what to do. But it's but it's it's the sad part is it's so few of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so few, man. And, and, it's, and it's just mind-boggling. And as a black person, as a black club owner, you know what I mean? You know, I have respect for the comedy game. You know what I mean? And I, and I, and I enjoy watching... You guys continue to do what you do, as well as helping these young guys, you know, try to get to that next level. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's not, and it's not for money. I mean, these other guys, whatever they do for you, they want money for it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, I, you know, we we do so much for these guys, man. Hey, I need to do this. Hey, I got you, man. And so I mean, and I don't, you know, it's just it's just amazing when you reach out and help out so much, but then you get these other guys who. You know what I mean? They still turn the other way to the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who don't care nothing about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Who, who you yeah. are nothing but you're nothing but a dollar sign to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And once that dollar sign runs out, you're that's it. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it just sad, brother. It's just, it just sad. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad. And to the comments, time, everybody's talking about this Black Lives Matter, Black support, Black support, Black. And some of these guys are always talking about support, Black, but they're not. You know what I mean? But they're yeah. not. Yes, I, I totally agree. And that's why we're doing this. And we want to stop the gossiping to the comics, too. You can't, let me say to you what I mean by gossiping, gentlemen. You can't go to the white man and talk about the black man. There's a code of ethics here. You never right. put your people down in front of another per, another um, um, nationality. Yeah. Motherfuckers got to start understanding the code with this secret information going on in one spot, talking shit, and coming back and talking mm-hmm. shit to the other person because we hear it. Correct. <laughs> we hear it. <laughs> and y'all got to start being fucking men around here because it's irritating me. Me and this brother, Correct. Angelo, been talking about this for three or four years to do this interview. Right. I just have been busy doing other things, and it's getting closer and closer, and then it just finally hit me because I just got fed up in how our young comics move through this business and not understanding what your purpose is. Your purpose is not to create enemies. Your purpose is to get on stage, be respectful to all owners, but also never let an owner take a dollar out of your pocket. Mm. If it's five clubs, black clubs in the area, you find a way to work all the clubs. You don't down one club to play another club because you think that person want to hear you put the other club down. Right. Right. You get in there on your own talent, not by putting someone down to achieve your goal. And that's just how I feel about it, man. I know that you've got um, young DC Carey coming up, young comic. So you just had Earthquake. Yeah, a lot of great comedians. DC Youngfly. DC Youngfly, thank you. Yeah, yeah, he's here yeah, Halloween, Halloween weekend, man. Yeah, if I wasn't working, I would come down and sit in my little corner in the back and watch him. <laughs> you, know, you know how I do. I got my little corner. I'll let nobody know I'm there. Absolutely. You know, some some comedians I'm a, I have an interest in, and I want to see his. I want to see how he's grown as a stand-up comic because he's um, selling out all around the country, and I'm excited for these young comics especially the internet comedians who, when they blew mm-hmm. up, didn't have talent, but they stuck with it and they worked on their craft. Because if yeah. we had this shit when we was coming up, oh, oh man. man, forget about it. <laughs> man. <laughs> forget about it, right? Forget about but it. But you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it as well because, uh, you know, it's funny because he's another one that, you know, his first room, you know what I mean? Mega yeah. Headway was uptown. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I, and I remember him being on the stage and, you know, his claim of fame was the internet stuff, was the, you know, the back and forth with Kevin Hart and all that stuff. Right. And that stage, you know what I mean? It, it was a big difference for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. When, when that comedy stage is real. I tell people all the time, that comedy stage is real. <laughs> yes. And to the internet comedians, you got to put the work in. You know, the work when I started in, in this business, in 1985, and I remember me and Paul Mooney used to talk all the time, and he told me something I'll never get this 30-something years ago. He said, TK, there's no, and I'm telling to these comics, there's no substitute 
for experience. Mm. Period. You can't give yourself 10 years, 20 years overnight. Right. You really got to put the work in. Exactly, brother. You really got to put the work in. So, ladies and gentlemen, we we want you to understand this game. This is Angelo Sykes um, on the show with DC Young Fly sold out. Now, who you got coming up in the next few weeks? Because this show airs um, today. And so who you got coming up this week and the next two weeks? I have Joe Torrey this weekend. Um, And then next weekend we have Bill Bellamy. Oh, Uh, man. Two great legends. Bill's another brother that comes through every year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, got to get your tickets down. What's your website, Angelo? Um, Give out the phone number and that way um, anything, give out the information that all the fans are listening they could come check out the show. Towncomedy.net. Towncomedy.net. That has all our information where you can purchase tickets at. All the upcoming shows are listed. Um, our IG page is Uptown Comedy Corner ATL. And our Facebook is Uptown Comedy Corner. And um, all the information, everything is always posted on all those various sites. Um, but the website to purchase tickets Uptowncomedy.net. Um, you know, and like I said, we have a lot of big shows coming up. Bill Torres, we've been Bill Bellamy. Um, you know, we got DC Young Fly in the month. DC Young Fly the week after that. Nephew, just put nephew Tommy for uh, November, man. That's, that's going to be his first return in a couple of years. And, and uh, he sold out all his shows last time he was here. Yeah. So, you know, we're really excited, man. We're really excited about, about how the rest of this year is going, you know. You know, we're limited with the COVID. We don't, we, we, you know, we're, we're doing everything cautiously and, you know what I mean? To make people still feel comfortable coming in the room, you know. Yes. If you come with just two people, you got your own table. You know what I mean? We don't put people with you anymore. Um, so, you know, we, we, you know, our staff is, is all with the mask and the gloves and we're sanitizing. So we're doing everything we can to make people feel comfortable, PK. And, um, you know, so, but we're looking and forward to And it's a good club, ladies and gentlemen. It's a good club. Support black businesses, support Black Comedy in Atlanta, you won't regret it. First-class organization. The young women, the staff is good. They work hard. Um, and it's just a, a blessing to see us doing what we're supposed to do. All right? This is the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. You already know how we do it. You already know what it is. It's the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. Shout out again to Charlemagne the Guy. Follow us. Follow me on T.K. Follow me on Instagram at T.K. underscore Kirkland. Cleveland, you up next, October 30th and 31st. All right? Angelo, thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. All right? To the world, may your pain be champagne. T to the motherfucking cat. Go. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland. For more information about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.